Welcome back to another edition of the Squad World Podcast, where we talk about world news, history, art, science, conspiracies, movies, video games, and anything else of importance. I'm one of your co-hosts, Pooh, Andy P., probably the most undeniably handsome of the group, but uh, I'm joined with several other handsome men today. We'll start out with Fig. Howdy. We'll go to Bat. Howdy do. Cube. Hi, guys. E. How's it going? And most importantly, today we have our first guest of the Squad World Podcast, Andrew Moak. E, go ahead and introduce him. Well, Moke, it's good to have you. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. It's been in the works for a little bit now, and it's it's nice to finally be able to sit you down and, and get this thing going. Uh, you know, Moke has been the president of two fraternities and has been to multiple leadership conferences over the years. Currently, and he currently attends the University of Kentucky. He is majoring in accounting and finance with a minor in international business. Welcome in, Andrew Moke, everybody. Really Ooh. happy that our schedules could align here. Been yeah. wanting to do this yeah. for a while. Finally, we finally oh, yeah. got it booked up. So, Mo, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. But, um, yeah, student at University of Kentucky, a senior now. Got one more year left of the big show, and then we're moving on. Uh, majoring in accounting and finance, like you said. Hoping to move on to a public accounting job from there. In my free time, I enjoy uh, reading, running, Talking with Adrian Johnson and just living life. <laughs> <laughs> Who in the hell is that? I hate that guy. Delete my number. Satan. All right. Well, nonetheless, we always start out our episode with the tough question of the week. So this week it is, who would win in a fight, a grizzly bear or a gorilla? Mm. All right, let's get the facts here first. A grizzly bear, we're going to average it, is around 600 pounds. Four-inch claws. So about gorilla, yeah. Um, it's about 350 pounds. Weak. Oh, 600 versus 350. Mm. Yeah, think about its monkey strength. Yeah, it's got the thumbs. See, it's, it's a primate. It's got thumbs. Mm. It's true. It's, it, it's smarter, definitely. Let's talk speed. Grizzly bear, 35 miles per hour. Gorilla, That's true. 20. Moke is bringing the heat. This yeah. is the it's grizzly bear. Also, has the claws. Exactly. Four inch knives. Yeah. The thing about grizzly bears too is we need to talk about what environment they're fighting in. Because if you're running downhill, the octagon. It's bad for the grizzly bear. <laughs> running downhill for a grizzly bear is not good for them because their Fig. arms are a lot shorter. Here's the deal. Oh, All right. Really? Yeah. Can a gorilla swim? No. All right. Well, are they in water? You know. Yeah, are they fighting in water? Well, guess what? If they do get in water, that grizzly bear's gonna outswim that little son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> Hey, do you think you, can, you just call a 350 pound gorilla a little to a grizzly bear <laughs> that can swim a mile and eat a salmon with its mouth out yeah, of the out of a river <laughs> or its hands? Are you kidding me? Those claws, those knives on its hands. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, about he, monkey strength. He takes that monkey to the to the water. It's over with. All right. Well, there has to be water. But I mean, the gorilla is probably more nimble than yeah, a bear. Hey, hey, guess what, bat. Huh. You know, you know, you know, percent is the world's water. What is it? Jet, look it up. Jet, like, Jet's yeah. not here. Where is look it? Up, Where Jet. is he? We got There's get water here. everywhere, Matthew. I'm firing Jet. I'm but serious. But if they're fighting in this cul-de-sac, there ain't much, uh, much water but a pool. Is there going to be a grizzly bear or a gorilla in this cul-de-sac? I don't know. I think that's what we're dropping them. Where are they dropping? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, think about it. Who's going to win in a fight? Just think about this. Do you think that I would win in a fight versus? A, a an animal just that's a little bit bigger than me. Let's say a deer. You think I would beat a deer? I say yes, and the reason why is because I'm bringing a gun to the fight <laughs> because I'm smarter than the deer, and I'm saying that the gorilla is smarter than the bear. So what's so the, the gorilla, gorilla gonna do? Bring an AR-15? He's gonna fight? climb up a tree and drop down right onto him and break his spine. Bears yeah. can climb. 
Yeah, Cubs are better climbers. The bigger you are, you got to have a tree to support you. Yeah. And you're talking 350 pounds. I mean, 600 pounds. 600, 600 pounds. 600 pounds. 350 pounds is great. A gorilla, oh, okay. could, a gorilla could climb faster than a bear. Oh, who's yeah. got the reach? Size bear? That's a good uh, question. Jet, look it up. Probably the gorilla. <laughs> yeah. Probably the gorilla. Yeah, I'd say yeah. the gorilla would probably have the reach. They have like I 10 foot arms, man. Yeah, oh yeah, you remember in the zoo? Yeah, the, yeah. You can go compare yourself with the size of a gorilla. Bears have shorter arms, but they do have claws in the end of those. Yeah. Which that's the kind of that's kind of the big thing. But gorillas have really tough skin too. That's that why you, true, to, yeah. you have to use special ammo to even kill them because they won't get through their skin. Who's hunting gorillas? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, <laughs> well, people have to. You have to carry it as defense when you're going through the jungle. That's true. Okay. Okay. So it looks like a a silverback gorilla does have the reach advantage, but. When it comes to weight, it's, it gets a little dicey. Well, if I'm fighting a 500-pound obese man, I mean, we can't just talk about weight. Yeah, but that... Gorillas are pure muscle. strength. That bear... It's more weight. Who's taller if they're both standing upright? Uh, definitely uh, definitely the bear. Yeah, the bear, bear would be taller. Intimidating. Bear's probably about 10 <laughs> feet tall. But, I mean, it's it's not going to chase you on time. 10 legs. feet tall. Sure. Lots of times, gorillas, are, their tactic is just, just to get you the hell out of there. And it's usually an intimidation game. Well, can you go into more on that? Well, usually whenever they're threatened, they just stand up and I, I really don't want to destroy the listener's ears or attempt to impersonate a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> they just stand up and try to scare you, basically. Yeah, yeah so then it's a roar. Well, that's what bears and when, and when they size each other up, that gorilla's going to look at that bear and he's going to be like, I am way smaller. I am way... I mean, there, there's no... there's. That, be- that 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 is running. Yeah. And you can't that outrun a bear. You can't I, I gotta disagree. I don't think that gorilla's running anywhere. I, I feel like the gorilla... when he looks at a, how tall are grizzly bears? They so, can, they can. I don't I don't know exactly how tall. I don't even know Here, if the like gorilla perceives it which... as a threat, and the bear's charging it. The gorilla's not just gonna run away. It's gonna use its big monkey brain. Yeah, it's huge. Smash its skull. Well, and I see it as is the gorilla is more nimble because it can switch from four, oh, you know, because right, you can switch definitely. from you know bipedal to seven quad. feet is what I found. Everybody yeah. back home, look up this picture that I'm about to show everybody that might change their minds. This is a picture of a grizzly bear with no hair. This might change your mind on who's winning. It's hideous. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking the gorilla. I'm taking the gorilla. I'm still not taking the gorilla. I'm taking the grizzly bear. Look up, look up gorilla no hair. The grizzly bear has a way more aggressive personality than a, a gorilla. Yeah, but I don't way know. more territorial. I think gorillas are not born killers. Grizzly bears are. No, yeah. no I don't know about that. Have you seen those no, monkey documentaries? Not. They they're, kill, they're they lot, kill they're all territorial and protective, but they're not going to go after and kill something for the hell of it. A grizzly bear will. Look at this. Grizzly bears don't kill for sport. Only polar bears do. <laughs> oh my so god. So that's just like... Let's get, uh, let's get one thing. Prime and physique foul. right there. He's huge. Yeah, but you see, see that? You I don't see what he's packing I mean, down there? It's I mean, way smarter for much sure. there. But I don't think there's any... There's nothing there's claws in the teeth. I mean, I think I mean it depends yeah, but on the terrain. If it's just a blank, yeah. empty slate, then I think the grizzly's gonna win. If they're fighting in like a jungle, then the gorilla's gonna win. Oh, and I think the bear's problem is is it can only you know kind of fight at the front, and it has its paws. You can only do so much with a paw, whereas the gorilla has the legs and the arms. It can kind of. You know, I guess you could, you could grapple with the Those bear. Those claws are going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, but as long as you get around that, yeah, if though. He gets around, How are you going to get around it? He just climbs he's more nimble. He, he's more nimble. I mean, if the bear is attacking forward. I, I think one right hook and that girl is screwed. Just takes yeah. one hit. You I can't defeat the massive. Humans have taken one hit from massive. a gorilla and survived. Mm. No, not from a gorilla, from a bear. 
Humans have taken a slash from a bear and survived, so I think a gorilla would be fine. Neil deGrasse Tyson, who have sided they? with the grizzly bear, said that almost mm. in every circumstance, unless you have some kind of chemical compound that can help you, mass is going to be the deciding yeah, factor mm. on natural. I don't know how much Look I trust Neil deGrasse Tyson on bears. <laughs> like, I love like I love him as an astrophysicist, <laughs> but I don't know how much he knows about bears. How about Moe bringing the heat, though? This is the most contentious it's true. topic. We've well, that's why we brought him on. He's a great guest. He knows his stuff. <laughs> But but if you're going with the mass, then I mean, that definitely doesn't work every time. In most circumstances, yeah. it would. It, I think it just I depends think on his fighter. Like yeah. Mike Tyson's a lot smaller than a lot of bigger guys that he fights, but he gets well, so much. Yeah, but he out. is a bowling ball. So is a gorilla. so much stronger. I just I think like over the course of a fight, the grizzly would sustain more damage to the gorilla than the other way around, and it could fall due to injuries and bleeding out with those claws. I think I think the, the bear could definitely take more hits, uh, but I think yeah. that over time the gorilla is going to dish out more punishment. I mean, think about I that gorilla. Sorry. You know how easily that gorilla could lose an eyeball, and then he's really screwed. Those claws. Same I mean, with, same with the bear. The, the bear could have a gouge down. Yeah. How's, he's going to lose an eyeball from a punch? You can just poke yeah. someone's eye. Yeah. You just poke, you can poke someone's eye. Yeah, but when you have claws, you're way more likely to lose an eye than a punch. Well, who said he's, who said anything about his punching? Not if you can't hit him. I mean, if if the gorilla goes for the okay, eye gouge, I don't want to hear it. That's a horrible counter argument. You're dealing with claws versus. But the claws aren't everywhere. The bear has to physically, you know, go on to three You're legs way more instead likely, of four. The gorilla is way more likely to lose an eyeball than the bear would be. I don't know why he's so hung up on this eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, that's a huge disadvantage. Well, the gorilla just climbed on the grizzly bear's back and just. Now when he can't see, <laughs> I don't think the I don't think the grizzly I don't think the gorilla is gonna let him get slashed though. Yeah. yeah no, the, the I, gri- I don't think the bear is just gonna let the gorilla win. But, but <laughs> why do you ma- think that? mass could be a mass could be a, a negative because you can't the, move. The point is the gorilla the, the bear excuse me has a lot more weapons. There's a lot more things that can happen to the gorilla because of the claws. I mean you can lose. I disagree with the weapons part. I believe the mind is a great weapon. Yeah, if the gorilla approaches it at a more, you know, I guess whatever you consider tactical for a gorilla, I mean, yeah. if you can outsmart the bear, the bear is, you know, just kind of like a walking tank. You just got to get around it. I do believe it's going to be, a, it would be a crazy fight. Yeah. And I also think that there's no way we could all get on one side until we would actually be able to put him into the octagon. I really think the bear wins 10 out of 10 every time. In an octagon? 100%. 100%. In an octagon? Well, I don't have an octagon. No chance. But, 35 but, miles per hour in but an in octagon. But in the wild. 500 gorilla versus a 1,500 pound bear. It, but in the octagon. wild, if they come up against each other, 1, I'm, taking, I'm taking That's the, the largest they can grow up to for a full pound male. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's huge. It's fucking huge. But that could be a, that could be a huge disadvantage, feet tall. too. Ten feet tall and standing. He's not going to attack you while he's standing. Right. Yeah. The bear I mean, who's going to win in a fight? Do you think a tiger or a... Or an elephant. I mean, I mean, that's not the argument. No, but I'm saying that mass isn't always a good thing. I think it is in this case, though. I don't know. When you have swords on your hands. I just think the best way is we'd have to put them together. I don't think, yeah, we, I don't think, to. I don't think we're going to be able to agree. How much can we buy two of those for? I think I think we, a lot. <laughs> the zoo has a few, but I don't know if they're going to part with them that quick. Well, should we go on to our next segment here? Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to reach an agreement. Unfortunately Probably not. It's the age-old question, gorilla versus bear. It is. It's it's tough. I mean, I all I know is I definitely don't want to. I don't want to see any of those. I don't. In a while. I don't want to fight either of those. No. Guys. I'll outclimb you. I'll outrun you. Well, a gorilla won't outswim you, but a bear will. I don't. I don't know anything about gorillas and swimming. Yeah. No. To, I can't. Are you sure? They sink. 
At least monkeys. I know monkeys stink. They literally can't float. I don't know. This. Well, so... Because so, we're basically monkeys. Yeah, we're Silverbacks can get... Silverbacks no, can get almost right a now. thousand pounds. They can't. That's why you see water. And, it's because so, their muscles are so dense. I mean, the gorillas so can dense. swim in Tarzan, so... <laughs> the gr- but gorillas can lit can like just to show how strong they are they can lift almost 2,000 pounds yeah that's ridiculous that's cr- they could pick up a car they could pick up the bear I don't think you're getting inside the bear though with those claws she's not gonna let you anywhere close to him that's a, that was my argument with the claws I don't you're not gonna get anywhere close gorillas bears? and grizzlies fight very similar they have very similar fighting mm. styles they yeah. basically fight like bears it makes me think that it depends on the terrain like, he's going to go into that fight expecting you, to fight like he always has, and by the time he's realizing that he's going to have to switch up his style, it's probably too late for him. Yeah. It's a, if, if you're in the gorilla's habitat, I'm saying that the gorilla wins. If you're in the bear's habitat, I'm saying the bear wins. Yeah. I and think it's that's a neutral kind of, habitat. You're not going to walk into a bear's den and then not, like, not die. No. But I don't think you're going to walk into where a place where a gorilla is really familiar with and beat him there. So, Moak, what's your story? My story. Oh, yeah. What's your story? Everyone has a story. Uh, you know, at Squad World Pod, you know, we like to tell stories. We tell jokes, like like Fig said uh, last we're week. We're a bunch of free thinkers. We're free thinkers. We like to challenge people to 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 rethink the way they view things. To you know, to to challenge your mind. But we also like to tell people stories. So what's yours? It starts with the young lad. In the womb of his mother at the 1998 Final Four, <laughs> watching Kentucky win the national championship. From the womb. Yep. And I think that kind of just sets the tone for, for what my life would be like. Mm, I like this. <laughs> Growing up in the Louisville, Kentucky, uh, going through the, the classic public school pipeline up to Trinity High School, mm. where I entered the private realm. Uh, definitely was an interesting experience. Then entering Kentucky, where everything changed. Let me stop you right there. Go ahead. So private school, what was that like? A lot of guys. A lot of guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all, all guys school. All guys. What, what, what about, uh, I mean, what was drama like? Because, I mean, obviously for us, all of us went to a public high school and, you know. East what? Eastern. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had our, our fair share of drama, but I'm sure it's a different dynamic when it's all guys and there's no girls involved. You know, there really wasn't that much drama. Really? The drama came when we had, like, a professor who uh, may or may not have been talking with a kid in a nice. sexual so, manner. Oh, that's... <laughs> so, it was not it was not student-induced drama, but... Okay. What about, I mean, no beef ever, you know, like, any fights? One big happy family. Wow. Sounds that's nice. A, that's it does sound kind of nice. Foot, football team would get a little... A little feisty. That's sure. That's They're like locker room fights every day. Mm, I mean, that's it was the name of the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we got to where we were. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, let's continue. Continue. I just wanted to hear, you know, pub. So, how, uh, would you say private school compared to kids that went to public school? Would you think there's any difference when it comes to entering college after being in, you know, going to a school with all guys for four years, or do you think there's no? I think it depends on the person. You'll you'll hear people talk about different things, but when it's said and done, they're pretty close to the same. They're close to the same. Gotcha. All right. If I could just butt in here. Yeah. Uh-oh. Moke, you've been to a lot of leadership conferences. That's that's evidence. <laughs> yes. Do you think that leaders are naturally born? Or is it something that you have to work on every day? I think some can be naturally born. I think Steve Jobs never went to a, a leadership conference in his life, but he put a dent in the universe. Definitely. 
but then I think other people, especially like me, I, I would not be where I am today without the people around me or the, the resources that I've had. I think it just depends on on who you are and the, the environment you grew up in. It's hmm. really inspiring. So, so Mo, I know you were uh, you're the president of, of Kai Sai fraternity. I was, yeah, last year. Um, how would you say that affected the way your your friends in the fraternity would interact with you? Because obviously, you know, they would treat you and and hang and hang out with you one way before you were the president, because there was a time before, you know, you didn't just jump right in and be the president. Was there any noticeable differences or changes in the way people would act around you? You kind of get one. You see what yeah. I'm getting here. I, I made an effort to, to never be on like a different pedestal or anything because I didn't think I, I needed to be on one. As a fraternity of, of brothers, you know, that's the mm-hmm. idea. I always thought that we were on the same on the same level. I just, you know, kind of helped guide some of the stuff we did. And so I never I never really tried to change that. I don't think it did change. I think everyone viewed me the same, you know. The day after I was elected, I was still just another guy in the fraternity. Just just more responsibility, I guess. So you never you say you never noticed anybody maybe trying to act differently around you or anything like that i really don't think so no that's good that's good i was only, i'm only asking because i've noticed you know i've had friends that were, have been president of fraternities or different organizations and they said for them personally that was one of the challenges they noticed you know people started treating them differently or acting differently around them or you know wouldn't do certain things around them anymore and things like that yeah and i think that depends on the organization itself uh kai sai at the University of Kentucky is very close. Uh, we share a lot of the same values and everything, and we, we respect each other. There are a lot of organizations out there where half the members do things that are, are different from the other half, and it sounds like that's that's kind of the situation where people don't want the president to know what they're doing, hmm. in a sense, or don't want them to think differently about their actions. So I, I luckily did not have to ever deal with that. What was your proudest accomplishment as president of Kaisai? Proudest. Jeez, I, I'm not one that reflects a lot, so I never really can say what my proudest moment is. But I guess a moment that that made me happy uh, would be when I kind of helped set up our first outdoor um, mental health retreat. That that impacted me a lot because it was really cool to get a lot of brothers out there. We went to Red River Gorge, and it was nice to get up there and get away from the the noise of campus. And we just kind of talked about you know life and the ups and downs, and that's something you never do as a college student. So I remember feeling so good after that because everyone just talked about how it was one of their favorite things they've done in Kaisai because that's something that's never focused, especially in the fraternity world, just your mental health. And so that was just such an inspiring moment to be able to uh, participate with all of them in that. There's a classic distinction between a boss and a leader. A boss is someone who tells you to do something and a leader tells you to do something and leads you into whatever they ask you to do. Um, have you ever faced a crossroad moment between being a boss and a leader, and you chose leadership, like they keep, that you can recall. That's a that's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think in any decision I've I've encountered I've gone to the boss thing because it's always been my mentality. Like I said earlier, that I'm on the same level, and so if we ever did encounter some kind of crossroad, I would just go full in on trying to help them do it and dedicating my time to that. I never blamed anyone for anything. I just figured, you know, if you needed help, that we'd do it together, and we'd get there together. Really, the only moment where that didn't work either was with um, a certain person on my leadership team who uh, Fig may know, but he was um, 
you know, boss didn't work, that kind of mentality of, like, trying to get him to do stuff on his own, and then leadership somehow was even less effective because he just was not a very effective person in general doing things. And so uh, in times like that, I just had to, like, give up on the person and just go through him, honestly. Get him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people can mishap their way into leadership positions. They don't belong, and then that's yeah. a whole thing. 100%. Yeah, I think we've all seen that, and it's, yeah. it's never... Uh, yeah, it's never good. What uh, what made you want to run for president of your attorney? Uh, well, that was never the intention up until a few months before the election. And I just had some people mention to me, hey, you should run for this. You know, I think you'd be good at it. And I never even, like, considered it. If you had asked me freshman year, I remember thinking that I wanted to be scholarship chair, but I was, like, not even sure that I would get that. Like, I didn't know if I was even deserving of that. And so... I mean, it's just been an awesome, you know, awesome ride and an awesome group of people who, who asked me to, to consider running. And when I thought about it, thought about the changes that I could help and, you know, the ability that I would bring to, to enhance the brotherhood. That was kind of the main reason I ended up doing it, because I thought we could make some awesome changes for the the, the, uh, the betterment of the people around me. Leadership is such a broad term and definition just in itself. It is. Um, is, what was what's your personal definition of leadership that you would carry with yourself on a day-to-day basis? It has always been my idea that leadership is not about telling people to do the right thing or the ability to... Well, it is, you know, the ability to have tough conversations. That's not the biggest part of it. I think the, the biggest part is kind of like what I mentioned earlier, the ability to get your hands dirty and do the work with people, except you're the one kind of guiding them and doing and doing like the the assignment of roles that you are doing with them so it's it's just the ability to get your hands dirty and set a vision that you can help people uh climb to together and that's that's the big emphasis there is together what would you say was the most challenging time of your life oh that's an easy one actually well second would be meeting adrian but (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst in anybody's life who's adrian cube Cube. (laughs) but the first would be and it's it's back to leadership and uh, a couple of the guys in here will be familiar with it. But we had a, an, a huge issue with some of our seniors who were not on board with young people taking over, essentially, because they had been, you know, they'd been leading the fraternity for three plus years. And they were, you know, doing a, a fine job. But there was just like a lot of a lot of, um, I don't know, malice when when other people started to kind of come into positions and bring different perspectives. That was not that was not welcomed in a sense. So we had a lot of seniors actually leave. Uh, when our new exec stepped in in this spring of 2019 and so that was really tough because it made me second guess you know my whole reason for being in Kaisa and I think you know a lot of members too were like are we doing the wrong thing here why is you know a group like this leaving and that was that was a tough time because I just remember thinking that I kind of like failed the fraternity that I was gonna you know be the reason we like crashed and burned because we had a whole you know a decent amount of a class basically abandoned ship but nothing really makes me feel better than when I think, like today, we just learned that uh, Kai Sai at the University of Kentucky was announced as like a distinguished award of some form from the National Interfraternity Council. It's an award, I can't remember the name of it, but it's an award that's given to only five chapters on the whole continent. Mm-hmm. And the NIC announced that we were a recipient of that. Oh, and so it's when you have stuff like that, you think back to the people who were like, we're going to crash and burn, we have no direction. And it's like one year from that. Where are we now? Yeah, well, good for you guys. Screw that. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a load of crap. What's up? 
big. I think a majority of people when they hear the word fraternity think of, you know, the stereotypes of hazing, drugs, alcohol. Animal house. Animal house, yeah, basically. What would you say to those people? I would say um, it's a very general statement, and they probably do not have experience with what a fraternity is. And just as we always preach that we shouldn't uh, try and judge other people's experiences, there's no reason why that shouldn't be applied to the fraternity life, too. There are certainly individuals who get brought into it that shouldn't be a part of it in some fraternities. But for the most part, when you look at the impact we've made, I think we made the community a better place. And I think a lot of chapters at UK and at other um, colleges have made the community a better place. That's true. They can definitely be a, a big positive on, on the campus and in the community. That's, that's for sure. While they also have it, their downfalls for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if done the right way and with the right leadership, fraternities can can do a lot of good and can be really good for a campus. <laughs> um, so obviously, life uh, has its ups and downs. I asked you the most challenging time of your life. What would you say um, has been the best point in your life so far? You know, maybe your, like your highest moment. I I don't know if I have a, a highest moment. That's that's always what I struggle with. I think it's just a collection of highs. A collection good. of good experiences. I, I never think back to one experience and think that was the best day of my life. I've just been very blessed to have a lot of great things that I've been a part of because of the people around me. Well, all right. Well, what about your your best period in life? What would you say has been so far? Best period. Your happiest. Oh, has to be uh, spring of 2020, this past semester. Being able to study abroad with uh, Mr. Fig yeah. in Sevilla, Spain. For about two months before we got sent home because of COVID-19. But the ability just broaden our perspectives and horizons with that experience and just experience things that we'll never get to, to encounter again in our lives was, was just such an uplifting time. And that was also when um, Kai Sai was like announced as the award winner for multiple things. So it's like just all kinds of awesome things, organizational and relationship-wise, just came together. And that is definitely, you know, the happiest period to date. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. Thanks for being so open and candid and yeah and genuine with the yeah. answers i'm just happy to be here Cares hell, yeah, hell yeah yeah let's go are you gonna blow our minds today i'm gonna try well you usually succeed so let's go into do or do not there is no try <laughs> if this is the one i'm thinking of is it the one i'm thinking of i don't know i don't know what you're thinking of. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh i'm let's looking at this. the google doc right now is it that one <laughs> yeah hell yeah <laughs> let's right. hear it big all right, so we're going to go into the continent of Africa, into the country of Mali. There's a tribe here called the Dogon tribe. And this is kind of, so this is something that actually exists, not really necessarily like a conspiracy, but it can be twisted that way for sure. Basically, they, these are one of the oldest tribes. Some people think that they were late Egyptians that moved down to this country. But basically, they have a folktale, or they say it's where they came from. They had beings come down and bestow knowledge of the cosmos to them. So this is where it gets weird because, I mean, that's just someone saying something. Yeah. Basically, they said these beings were from a star that's now named Sirius B. When they told scientists this and people that discovered them in the 1930s, Sirius B was not able to be seen with any telescope on the planet or the naked eye. It wasn't until the 1970s that this star was able to be seen and it was right where they said it was pretty interesting that is nuts wait hold on yeah. how long ago is this so 1970s like 50 years the 1930s the tribe had four years when the they... tribe's been around since around egypt at least that's and what that's what so... that's, that's what some people are because they don't you know they don't have like a written record yeah so that's what some people are 
guesstimating. Yeah, I was I was wondering when the they said the beings freaking like when they knew about the star. Oh, um, well, they knew about the star when they asked them in the nineteen thirties. So they okay. they they had to have known. They call the beings the uh, nomos. But the thing, is, so the thing is, there's no way even back, even then, that they could have exactly, known, right? yeah. based off of you couldn't the see technology. The that, naked eye. Yeah, and they didn't have any, you know. Oh, they had, yeah, they had no technology. Hubble Space Telescope. And no, it, it's a, it was a stereotypical, you know, tribe that you think of. You think of, you know, like hunter gatherers, or I think that might have been nomadic. Either way, scientists still don't understand how they knew where the star was, where it was. They um, so they yeah, they had a good map. I think they had a almost completely accurate map of the solar system. Wow, or wow. something. <laughs> and, That's really interesting. And then the '30s, there's how I mean, how much do we know back? Then? I don't even know what our space knowledge was back then. Yeah, I don't right? know. I mean, I know it's developed like really rapidly because yeah. our super high powered telescopes are very recent. Yeah, like the past like forty years even. Because all that stuff has just been emitted within the last mm. yeah. yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been really recent. What's interesting is that people never really give credit to how old civilizations are from, like, the Amazon and well, from just South America in general. Definitely. People never really think about, like, uh, what was going on there during the times of, you know, like, say, Egypt or even before then, like, well before then. Oh, it's, it's crazy how advanced some civilizations were and yeah. so long ago. So they, they're doing infrared scanning on the Amazon. So there's about... Of unexplored area in the Amazon, there's about the same size as the subcontinent of India. So it's a huge mass of unexplored space, but they're doing infrared scanning so that they don't have to be on the ground exploring, but they're looking at beyond the tree level what kind of structures are there. And they're finding a lot. They're finding entire civilizations, cities even, and oh, they're finding especially a lot of uh, really advanced like geometric things so they're finding a lot of farming techniques that have been using like calculus and things like that uh, to do like optimization and things like that so it's a really it's really interesting to think about like an advanced society was happening around then but we never really give credit to it I think something interesting when you say that you know civilizations have been around for so long is that I think a lot of people today um, the perception of time is warped Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I think it was Cleopatra. She lived closer to how old we are than to when the pyramids were built. Yeah. <laughs> that's Which is that's yeah. <laughs> if that so that's true, it's true. That's yeah. history. I've heard that. That's a that's an insane nuts. fact. Yeah, the Egyptians were around for an extremely long time and they were killing it. They were absolutely crushing yeah. it for a really, really long time. They were so advanced. Like Two thousand years. Oh, yeah. 2,000 they, they, years. It's insane. Yeah, in America's like 200 years. Oh, yeah. They think maybe even longer. That's what yeah. a lot of a lot of guys like Graham Hancock, and there's another guy, he, he passed away like recently within the last few years. I forgot his name. But um, they're saying like tens of thousands of yeah. years. It's crazy. That's how long ago. Well, it's because they, of the they think that there's like a, a huge flood that kind of set them back hugely. Because the huge uh, flood that had, there's like a an erosion of the sphinx yeah oh that's true because yeah. the sphinx is supposed to predate like the rest of the civilization which is really weird so mm-hmm. then they think there was a huge flood that was causing a lot of erosion on the sphinx and then later on egypt like kind of rebuilt itself back yeah up. i've seen that stuff where they say like geologists will look at the sphinx and be like yeah that's really old like yeah. way older than we think <laughs> way older than everything else <laughs> yeah. yeah 
<laughs> which is really creepy and like yeah. really eerie. Yeah. Well, it's like it's really odd. The thing about Egypt is it's broken into periods, and so you have the old kingdom, the new kingdom, or not about the old kingdom, the middle kingdom, and the new kingdom. But before that, you still have two dynasties that predate that. And I'm looking right here that the first dynasty under Narmer, who united the upper and the lower Egypt, started in 3100 BC, or mm. what we would deem as 3100 BC. Um, but the old kingdom, as we know it with the pyramids and whatnot under Djoser, uh, didn't start until 2686 BC. Well, America's like a little baby compared to Egypt. Mm-hmm. America's a That's, baby compared to everybody. <laughs> that That's is almost, almost 3,000 years before Christ. Yeah. Which was two thousand over two thousand yeah. years ago. I mean, that is thousands and thousands years ago. I mean, that is nuts. Like, that is so old. That is insane. That's crazy. Fig, I was gonna ask. Yeah. Is there? This might be a curveball, but is there any uh, evidence of psychedelic use by that tribe or anything like that? Because I know that community mm-hmm. would probably be all over that. I did DMT. Um, <laughs> not from what I could find. They do have like a festival where I'm sure they probably get a little rowdy. Um, they wear wooden masks depicting the beings that they talk about, the nomos. The folktale that's been passed down to the tribe is that they arrived with the help of fire and thunder. Yeah, and what else? Are, how else are you gonna describe it? Exactly. Yeah. Coming if you literally haven't even invented a steam Anything. engine yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. No, there's a in Amazon. I mean, in general, they've been using ayahuasca for a long time. So I bet you it could have had some sort of influence on it in general. Yeah, because they've, they've been using ayahuasca for as long as they've had shamans. Yeah, which is long. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a well. I mean, the psychedelic community they claim that that's how you contact the interdimensional the beings. beings that yeah. are from space. Like, yeah. They said the reason for our existence as we know it is so that consciousness can become aware of itself. Let's see, that's too that's too much for me. <laughs> it's I, don't, too I, don't, I don't even know how to wrap my head around that. <laughs> me neither. So I did did these uh, beings like pass on any knowledge? You know the that's the what they said. Existence they, of life, or they just say we live in that star and, and leave. <laughs> we live there. It's <laughs> well, like a waste of energy. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they basically said that's like that's what a star was. That's where they came from. They, mm. they they know a little bit more about like space. Like I said, like the solar system map. So they passed down that, I guess. Could these be the same beings that are using all of the energy from the, the from oh. Boots Void? Oh, oh you're back to Boots Void. <laughs> that would be funny though. Mocha saying like, guys, <laughs> hello, <laughs> we're from there. Yeah. All right, we're gonna Come go. On. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. We'll see you later. Out of energy. Now, how would they even communicate? They would have to know Dang. the language, so. But I mean, yeah. if they're that advanced, they could probably learn the language in ten minutes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That that would be pretty ridiculous if they came all that way. I'm like, hey, I know there's super advanced civilizations that are, like yeah. other in other parts of the world right now, but we want to talk to you, you guys. You, we want you guys. <laughs> hey, who knows, man? I mean, ridiculous stuff happens every day. It's true. And plus, just like when you play telephone with like three friends and it messes it up, imagine just generation after generation. I mean, who really knows what happened? But it is confirmed they knew that star was there before it could be seen with the naked eye. Yeah. Mm. And maybe they didn't want to fool with us. They're like, these <laughs> people are so uncivilized. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe they gave them an offer. They said, look, you can come back with us and leave this stupid rock that you live on. And the remaining people in the tribe were the ones that were like, no, we're staying here. This is our rock. Oh. 
And that's why that's why all that civilization ended and just yeah. That's why they yeah yeah. Come on, let's go. We're gonna go to what was it called? Chronos. Serious B. Yeah, we're going to Serious B, guys. Screw this place. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. I'm going. Andy P's going. Booking a ticket. Maybe that's what happened. But like their whole religion's like involves it. The nomos and that, mm. a sky god and all this stuff. So that's I don't really want to get. That's kind of the weeds. I don't really want to get into that. We could. I mean, we could. We could. But I feel like we, the we have so much great we stuff. Like the weeds. Yeah, yeah, we, we might like the weeds. Big. No. I mean, I'll but, go to the. I'll go to the weeds on Boots Void, but I don't know about this one. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> it it's Floyd. interesting stuff. Uh, I, you always bring it. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, Bat, you want to boss all over Moke's face? Best Come on. He gave. He gave a little blast earlier. I need a little miscellaneous blast. for a big one. I need a blast right here. All right, so we're going to Asia, but you get to pick either China or Japan. Ooh, By the way, oh, real quick, so Moke, this is a uh, if if you're not familiar, this is one uh, a fan favorite. The you know, one of This is a uh, one of our segments. It's called Bats Blast from the Past. Um, he is gonna he's majoring in history. This dude's like a walking history book. So um, award winning segment. Uh, it is <laughs> an award winning segment. It's uh, really popular in France. Hello, France. Father, yeah, shout out, shout France. out France. Shout out France. Shout out France. Frogs. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what he'll do is he'll give us something cool that happened in history and and tell us about it. And that's it's a it's a blast. Yeah, it is a blast. Can't wait. Blast. Yeah. 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 So let's go. Uh, so China or Japan? Yeah. Which one you all want? China or Japan? Oh. I think we should leave, leave it up to our guests. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's true. What do you say here? I'm feeling Japan. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was Thank hoping. God. It's on Cube's cool Fuck Xi Jinping. Fuck Xi Jinping. There goes China. Yeah, they're, they're not allowed to listen to us anyway. We just lost the market. We just lost the People's yeah. Republic of China. That's all right. It's not really a republic. They don't have very much. Is that what it's called? It's the Democratic People's Republic of China, which isn't really much of a democracy or a republic thing. Seriously. All right. So... Japan, they're a culture, and they they kind of tend to go towards perfectionism. They perfect what they do to a point where, you know, they won't make any changes to it. And they did that with weapons. Mm-hmm. And so we all know about the katana, and that was the samurai sword. Well, a little bit about that is it was made from a, like, a special Japanese steel. They made their own type of steel, um, I guess a perfect blend of what they thought was metal and oxygen. And then they would fold that. And then they would fold that again, and they would fold the steel 20 times, or you would have, basically after they were done folding it and forging the weapon, over a million individual layers um, in that single sword. And they would test these swords on um, bamboo rolls, and they would put like five, and they would cut through the roll. And, I mean, these things, you know, they would also call them body blades, because you tested the sharpness by cutting through POWs basically, oh. and that was what they did during this um, <laughs> civil war period. Is That's POWs not very you nice. had to test the, the samurai sword, and wow. yeah, criminals and POWs did not have a good fate in medieval Japan. But they also per- they so they perfected the sword, and they're like, well, the sword is already pretty good, so let's put it on a spear. And so oh, yeah. you get this thing <laughs> called the naginata, and it's basically Ooh. think of a spear but it has a katana blade on the end of it. Ooh. So it's curved and everything, yes. Wait, so who's using this, like, infantry? Or? It would be uh, infantry, and in the case of the Naginata, both infantry and cavalry. Oh. So you could ride On a down. horse. Yeah, on a horse, it would be a pole. I mean, like, you know, lances were common with yeah. knights and whatnot, but to wield, essentially, a katana at the end of a stick. 
Wow. Was that's crazy. Impressive. So is that metal? Do you think it's like? Do you know what Damascus metal is? Damascus steel is supposed to be like the greatest steel ever made, yeah. and so it hasn't been super... replicated. Something like you know Greek yeah. fire, these mythical kind of things that yeah. people would create. I don't know how real Damascus steel is. Right, but, but they, you can create what's supposed to be now, but it's not as great like anymore. Well, just like like Toledo probably... steel is really good, but it's no Damascus. And like Damascus was supposed to have like you know starlight qualities because it would have different inlays on like the natural metal and stuff. It was yeah, a badass name for steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. and so. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, we're also going to go to what is called the Nodachi. Ooh. And so the Nodachi is, think of, uh, you know, think you have your knight and he has like a big two handed sword. A claymore. Yeah, a claymore. Think of, you know, Mel Gibson up there, Braveheart, with his claymore. <laughs> well, now imagine that it's a giant ass katana held by a samurai. Hell and so I have a picture of it here for you all. Oh, with this wow. guy right here. Oh, nice. It is a two handed katana, and these things would just, like, these were kind of your front line breakers. So they would just run and they would break through. Now, the Japanese never carried shields, they were very honorable in the way that they fought. That's true. And so they wouldn't carry a shield. You had to beat them blade to blade. Wow. Well, it's hard to beat that blade to blade unless you have something of that Imagine same size. size. That's, what? That's the size of a person. I mean, right? yeah, the guy who's holding it in this picture, and I encourage all the listeners to look up what a nodachi is, but it's about as big as a human. I mean, the guy there... It's longer I mean, than a human. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the hilt of the sword itself is, you know, about the size of your forearm, and if you're working with that. I mean, that's probably like, what, eight feet long, maybe? I'd say, yeah, six to eight foot long, depending on the wielder. A part wow. of me feels like that wouldn't be practical at all, though. Like, I mean, that thing is huge. you have that many layers there of steel, and you're cutting layers. through people. I mean, that would be pretty practical in terms of just, I know, kind of just clearing mean, out an area. It's it, not good one-on-one, one, but hard. as a line breaker yeah. is kind of what they want. Imagine for. a whole army. Don't imagine a duel. Yeah. Imagine I know. I'm just saying, I feel like that, that's a lot to move around. Like, it well, is, it's well, the front line. Yeah, and it's, it's similar to okay, that's, Claymore. Okay, that's a good point. You know, Claymores were meant to clear out more people than it was a one-on-one. You swing was, like hell. Yeah, you swing yeah. like hell, basically. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of other neat Japanese innovations. There's one... Um, I don't know what the proper name for it is, but it would basically be this like silk cloth um, woven bulb that kind of comes out of the back of their armor. And as it would mainly be used for cavalry, and as you were riding, this thing would fill up with air. There would be a small little pocket where air would come in. And so if you're riding away, or you know, you're wheeling around for a flanking move, if an archer shoots at you and hits you in the back, it's going to get caught in that bubble. Dang. So they Smart. were essentially, you know, arrow proof. Wow. And, wow. you know, these, these innovations That's went... Smart. So, wow. during this period, it's called the Sengoku Jidai. And that period is around the 1500s. These weapons were still in use to the Boshin War, which was their last civil war towards the tail end of the 1800s, after we had our civil war. Mm. They were still using these. And at the time, whenever the U.S. came in and said, hey, we want to open up Japan, they still used matchlock and firelock muskets. They weren't using revolvers or wow. anything like that that modern militaries have. That's they were still using awesome. firelock, you know, guns that they thought were, you know, so unique whenever the Dutch brought them. To take like three minutes to reload. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> and they were still using and perfecting, you know, the style that goes with this. That's amazing. So, yeah, there is your That's really cool. blast from the past. I'll tell you Japan. what, that's probably, that's probably the reason why the first edition to Cube's Coolest was Japan. You gotta yeah, love them. It's gonna be excited for the freaking Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah, that's and that's, that's a good tie in. I mean, mm-hmm. that comes out really soon or probably, Friday. Yeah, Friday. Oh, oh, really? Friday. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. Wow. It's got good reviews. I, I'm definitely good. Can you explain a little bit for the listeners? Yeah, so Ghost of Tsushima is a new game, it's a samurai game. 
and it revolves around a certain character. So it's it takes a, place during the Mongol invasion. Yeah. Okay. The attempted Mongol invasion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, in twelve seventy four. Yeah. And so the Mongols attempt to invade. So they invaded once and then, like do you know where Tsushima is? No, I do not. It's like I'll pull up a map. If you want to invade Japan, it's like the first island you need to get to to like start island hopping to the main islands. That's like okay. the, that's like the very first one. It's like right off the coast of like I don't know, Korea yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, so there. Tsushima is um, Okay. So yeah. there's not that you would know, but so Japan is a, a multiple, you know, three three big islands. Mm-hmm. And so you have the big one that kind of stretches, you have the small one underneath, and then you have the one on the side. The one on the side is called Kyushu, and above Kyushu is this Tsushima, mm. um, which kind of kind of splits the difference. It's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of, if we're going from, I guess it's, it would be the equivalent of like the Bahamas from here to Cuba, kind of, okay. in the oh. sense that it, it kind of splits that distance, even though the Bahamas is slightly off to the right, but... Yeah, so it, it's sense. relatively close. The Mongols kind of hopped from Korea over to this island, and with that, you have what's called divine wind or kamikaze. And so the soon, well, it was basically a typhoon that wiped out the the first Mongol invasion, and then another typhoon, you know, twenty years later, that knocked out the other one. And that's where you get this idea of kamikaze or divine wind. The game right. is about you play as what's his name's like Jin, Jin. I think it's Jin. and. Like the Mongols come onto Tsushima and they like they wipe out like his whole. He's a samurai. He's like a trained samurai, mm-hmm. and like they wipe out his whole unit pretty much and everything. Mm-hmm. So he has to like kind of abandon like what he's known as a samurai and like fight as like the ghost and what it's called. It's basically like a ninja. It's technically like back then it was a dishonorable way to fight because mm-hmm. like you're okay. picking people off stealth. And that's kind of like yeah. fucked up back then, but yeah, that's pretty much what it's well, about. Yeah, like, ninjutsu is all about that. It's yeah. about it, if you you don't want to fight people like one on one. You want to fight people without them ever knowing where you are. You want to get in somewhere and get out. It basically ninjutsu was designed as a way that you could be a thief in the most stealthy way possible. And one thing that's really cool that's actually implemented in this game is so when samurai would duel, you know, there would be kind of like an you know an honorable way to do this, and you would line up, and there were some people that were so good at drawing their sword that they could time it perfectly. And I think if you've seen the gameplay, yeah, you'll see this. Crazy. They'll, you know, basically wait until the proper moment, moment when this guy goes in for a strike to draw the weapon and cut through. And they yeah, will geez. drop them in one swipe. It's like the equivalence of a Wild West duel. Yeah, it's, with swords. Yeah, it's, it's swords. Wow. And, you know, you know, if a guy's coming at you with, like, an overhead strike, that belly is clean open. Sure, he has armor, but this thing is a million layers of steel. Yeah. And it's going to cut right through it. That's insane. So, so basically, you'd have a guy swinging a sword around, and the other guy would not even have his still have his sword. It would be drawn, you know. And, and a lot of these weapons that I talked about, you know, samurai were proficient with the katana, the naginata, the nodachi. There was one I didn't talk about. It's called the testubo. It's basically a big bamboo stick with little um, iron and steel kind of balls. So it's their version of like a like a bludgeon or like a mace okay. or something like that. This guy's like a machine! <laughs> and so they would all be trained with this, and so you bring your weapon of choice, and it was a skill that you had to develop. I forget what the name of the skill is, but you could, That's essentially okay. by drawing your sword, and a duel. Wow. That's Jeez. amazing. That, you're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing, That's Bab. so cool. That's amazing, yeah. That's really crazy. Should we head on into our next segment? I think we got it. Well, let's head on to Stonks with Pooh. Talk about anything sort of business. So the thing that I have today that I want to share with you all is kind of just a general business advice. It's just some business knowledge. And uh, specifically creating personal wealth versus kind of running the rat race. So 
this this uh, I'll title this why it makes more sense to buy a house than rent and why you should buy a house as early as you can so I just want to so I just want to kind of run through some of the numbers so that you can get a feel for how impactful this is so I'll start out with the statistics that 90% of millionaires have been involved in real estate in some like way, shape, or form, which means that they own some property in some way, whether they were practicing real estate or if they were just simply uh, acquiring wealth by owning a house. But anyways, so a mortgage on a, on, we'll just, I just picked out some pretty easy numbers to work with. So a mortgage on a $250,000 loan which is not the total price of the house. So the house could be 275,000, but you would only take out 250 on the loan because mm -hmm. of the down payment. So that so the payment on a $250,000 loan is about $1200. So including everything like your utilities, your insurance and taxes, it comes out to about 1550 a month. Rent on the exact same house would be like in our market generally uh, where we are it would be $2,700 a month. So that's already just a huge amount of money. But there's other things you have to take into consideration, and that is um, the average appreciation on a house is 5% per year. So if you own that house, that that $275,000 house for five years, which is the <coughs> average amount of time for a house ownership, you'd make about $65,000 just by living in that house because you also get your money back called equity that you're putting into your house by paying your monthly mortgage so of course there's like you have to pay your expenses and everything but even if you're paying a thousand two thousand three thousand dollars a year year you'd still easily make like sixty thousand dollars from living in this house for five years and so that's the reason that the uh 90 percent of millionaire statistic is uh is it definitely accurate is because think it, it could be that gets you a quarter of the way to a million dollars easily just by doing that and so so the concept of creating that wealth and that appreciation is called equity and uh you don't get that benefit if you rent you're basically just throwing your money away uh and you never get it back so that's a that's a little tidbit a little suggestion by me um is that as soon as you can you should buy a house even if you are not going to be staying in the same place for as long as you would want to even if just a year or two because you'll end up getting your money back and you could even make money while having a nice house. Is there like a certain best time to buy a house? Yeah, there is. So the housing markets are cyclical. So basically they happen every three to four years, meaning that they'll either hit new high prices or new low prices every three to four years. And so uh, you want to watch the market and look at what houses have been going for in the past probably even up to five years. Look at the price per square feet for houses and kind of track when that's going along. So if it's hitting, uh, if it's been trending upward, then you might not want to buy. Uh, you would maybe want to buy after it's been trending downward for a couple of years, because then you can uh, lock in a really good price, and then you can ride the wave of appreciation back up uh, over the next, say, three, four, five years. And in that way, you could just make a bunch of money while living in your house. So is there a way to actually look at? Um, the price per square foot, like maybe like a website or something. Yeah, or definitely. It, so, okay. so there's so like there's a there's obviously paid websites that real estate professionals use, but one that's just free is Zillow. So I'd go into Zillow.com and uh, just go look at go look at your general market, put in like the city or the address you you live in, and uh, you can look at all the houses that are for sale. And if you just zoom in on a specific house, 
you can even find what its price history has been so you can find out what it was last bought for uh, what it was built for and you can look at it all the way back through the 1990s so you can watch the price history um, and kind of track how much that you will be appreciating in, in your specific area along with your price per square foot so go do your research and then make a really good investment but how do you even like start to do that like let's, I'm, a, I'm a broke college kid i just got out of college let's say yeah like how do i where do i even go okay so there's a couple things you, you're ultimately going to end up at the bank so the there's you're going to need a couple things you're going to need probably three types of credit you want to go, you're also going to have to have income and you're going to have to have reserves. So reserves is just money in your savings account. You're going to have to have, you're going to have to be making money. So you're going to have to have a job and you're going to have to have credit so that they know that you're reliable to make your payments. So, um, go to the bank and they'll tell you, they'll have you show them exactly what they need. I mean, you don't have to walk in there with all your paperwork or anything. And basically if you're missing one of those three elements, they'll let you know and you can start working on it. So you can get approved for a loan, and once you're approved for a loan, you should talk to a realtor, and they'll uh, point you in the right direction for your market. All right. There you go. So that's a that's a first step to wealth generation. Pretty simple. Yeah, pretty simple. Just buy a house instead of renting. I, some people rent like very late into their 20s, and they're missing out on a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, ADP. You're that's welcome. That was helpful, and I'm sure yeah. our, our listeners will appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. Even the ones in France. Shout out France. Yeah, it works mm-hmm. in France. Yeah. It works. Viva la France. Viva la France. Je t'aime. Okay. So. Well, Moke, it's time for another experience for you. Uh, we have another segment. Uh, this is a, it's a fun little game we like to play, you know, to lighten things this up. I love games. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's called BS or Legit. And uh, the way it works is I will list a story. Uh, I'll give a, a headline of a story. And usually I'll just give a few. And it is up to you guys to decide if they are real or completely made up. So mm, should be easy. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd think. think. You'd, you'd think. think. You'd think. Uh, all right, let's get started. First one. Lockdown protesters burned down COVID-19 testing site in Tallahassee. Oh, Ooh, Tallahassee. That's Florida. I Back mean, to, oh. I mean, it's the capital of Florida. Do you know I heard something today about Florida? If they were their own country, they'd have the fourth most cases yeah. in the world right now. Oh, mm. That's insane. insane. It's a lot it's probably going to be higher when this podcast frontier. Yeah, exactly. It's the last USA. frontier. The last frontier. It is. It is. It's worse Florida. than the Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... I'm saying BS. Going with real because it's That's Florida. Going with real. Big. I usually swing real on Florida, but I'm going to have to say BS just because I feel like I would have heard about it. You know, I feel like it could definitely be real, but when I feel that way, I've been wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to second guess myself and go for BS. Moke, the faithful answer. Here we go. Could it be real? Yeah, but it's BS. Mm. Ooh. Moki, you are correct. It is BS. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looks no, like no. Everyone except Bat. All defeated. All right, here we go. <laughs> First team all defeated. <laughs> Two elderly men sneak out of nursing home to attend heavy metal festival. Hell yeah. 
What do you think, you? I'm going real. That's how I want to live my life when I'm 80. <laughs> You're not making it to 80. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with real. Too it's got to be real. There's no way you make a fake article no, he titled this. You know, I think it's, fake game is strong. I think it's real. And I'm going to second guess myself again because it worked last time. I'm going to say it's not real. Oh, BS. BS. Oh, we have how many BSs? We, I think it was I got two, BS. two, two BS's. 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 Three reels. It is 100% real. Uh, Let's never go. lost. Uh, I've never lost. Cubes, I, I think, known. actually might have a perfect record. <laughs> he does. He's never lost. He's never All right, here lost. we go. Hey, he was cheating the last couple episodes. Well, I didn't play the last couple episodes. Alright, this is from the travel. Uh, It says, You might remember hearing about a nursing home that put out a frantic call to action when two of their residents went missing earlier this year. According to CBS News, the nursing home staff, as well as the families of the men, feared for the worst. The story ended better than it started when the two men, longtime friends, were found having the, the time of their lives at a heavy metal festival in northern Germany. The festival's press release followed the incident cited that you're never too old to rock. That's right. Mm. That's going to be cute. That's going to be cute. That's going to be mean. Never cute. too old to rock. That's what my tombstone's going to say. <laughs> I didn't think Germany had nursing homes. I know. I thought Germans were just so efficient. You know, they just they don't grow keep old. working until they, yeah, they just don't grow they don't old. They don't grow old. <laughs> yeah. Germany That's exposed. Fair. Let's keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> you must never stop. I'm from Germany. Walk is fun. <laughs> what is lost Germany? Sorry, no, we no. Said, no, no, they would like that. We said they're efficient. Yeah, they yeah, 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 they would. We, that's 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 we have some weird from what they do right now. To, their economy. to Germany, Bat loves you guys. All right, no, we don't really know why, but he does. Okay, <laughs> Germany is the best German. engineering. German engineering in the car can't beat it. Yep, you kind of can. Yep, you kind of can. All right. Anyways, <laughs> next one. Hawaiian monk. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Unbelievable. Hold on, let me. We'll edit that out. Amateur hour. Hold on. <laughs> Leave it in. We're leaving it in. It's raw. Right, hold on, I got it. <laughs> I put it up right after this. Yep. No editing. Raw. No editing. Oh, Hawaiian monk seal gets eel stuck up its nose. There's no way you would make up that fucking animal. That's real. <laughs> All right. What do you say, Bat? You know, he's never lost, so <laughs> you gotta go real. He's never lost. I mean, Cube's never lost, so I don't know real. <laughs> Alright, so I think it's real, so I'm gonna go with BS again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> real. Every child sticks something up their nose at some point, <laughs> oh. so it shouldn't be any surprise that You're an so animal bad. would do the same. <laughs> However, the image is still startling. Recently, an endangered Hawaiian monk seal was photographed with something dangling from its nose. <laughs> According to the Huffington Post, yeah. liberals, <laughs> you're supposed to say. it was oh, an eel. It, it. Yeah, I know. That's, liberals. Uh, yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Even more interestingly, this wasn't the first time it had happened. The theory goes that the seal likely cornered the eel, and feeling threatened, the eel tried to make an exit. That's one way. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that is? Oh, God, oh I'm sure it's horrible. Have you seen there? Have you seen the picture? Turtle? Oh, my gosh. He's not enjoying that. He's not enjoying it. Neither of them are. Looks like he's having a bad day. Speaking of Hawaii, I was supposed to go there last week. But thanks to. Actually, two weeks ago now, but. The Rona. 
the dirty Rona. How bad is Rona in Hawaii? It's not really not that bad, yeah, but let's go. We we're gonna go with my grandparents. And just oh, well, there's the risk. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we didn't yeah. want to put them in danger. There's volcanoes. If it was up to me, I'd freaking go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, pretty much, I'll, almost everyone I know that's gone on vacation has ended up getting it. So. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. yep. stupid. It is well, stupid. <laughs> because they've probably gone to Florida. We'll be fine <laughs> though. On squadcation. squadcation. That's right. Yeah. We're just going to the damn forest. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah Stay tuned for those episodes because we're going to be absolutely blitzed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Moke, aren't you going on vacation soon? You know, that's kind of what I've been hearing. Some rumors on the street. I may be in Vegas this weekend. Oh, oh, he's, dirty, oh he's definitely getting Corona in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Vegas, is, <laughs> Vegas is where Corona started. Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah. You know, screw Wuhan. It that's, started that's in Vegas. Started in <laughs> the Vegas virus. virus. Vegas has had Corona for a long time. It's in those buffets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <was> so <laughs> good <laughs> luck, man. Buffets. Yeah, I hope you stay hey. alive. <laughs> Have fun in the clubs. Dogs aren't very Make good. money and lose money. Strippers with masks. Russell on. Westbrook was in the <laughs> Vegas club a month ago. And now he has Rona. There you go. Yep. Oh. Well, that's good. Is that our last uh, BS for Legit? That was it. Let's that go. That was awesome. it. Keep never lost. Still never lost. Never lost. Jeez. He's so undefeated. All right. Well, we can go on to our recommendations of the week. Mocha, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a pleasure, but our time... Uh, your time with us is coming to a close, Thank so uh, you know, we're gonna have to. There's, there's a non-disclosure agreement, uh, you're <laughs> and uh, you'll be blindfolded shortly. But yeah. um, packed into a van. Just yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah, you're gonna have to lay low for a couple of weeks. I don't think Vegas is happening. Yeah, sorry about. We'll it. see. No, we can <laughs> send him to Vegas. We'll have we'll yeah, send somebody fine. else after him. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Well, um, <laughs> be our Corona field reporter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Field. Well, Cube. I always I usually point at Cube to start this, so. <laughs> I always usually make up my recommendations on the spot. Um, my recommendation of the week, I'm sure uh, some of y'all are signed up for it. It's the news article slash email subscription service called Morning Brew. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do love the Morning Brew. Uh, they talk about, there'll be some uh, stocks talk in there. They'll talk about a little bit of politics and what's the big story going on in the news that day. Uh, they send you an email every day, usually about 6 a.m., so you can wake up smarter every day. Yeah, ooh, nice. very nice. Do they have a slant? Do they, do they shoot straight? No, it's pretty straight them? shooting. It's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's pretty hard these days. They don't really talk about like politics that much. They just talk about what's going on in the world, usually. It's good. It's like the, the most recent one they talk about, like if you heard of like Peacock with NBC, their new streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was saying it's hard to... These days, everybody's so freaking polarized and opinionated. It's hard to just find the facts or just hear. I just want to hear news. I don't care what your opinion is. Listen to this podcast. You want the facts. That's, That's right. True. We do give the, the facts. Best. Nothing but the facts. Even though we have a segment where we literally make shit up. <laughs> it's the facts. It's the facts. Well, e, you want to give your recommendation? Yeah, I'll give my recommendation. Uh, my recommendation of the week uh is that you matter mm-hmm. um your mental health matters and um you know life wasn't meant to go alone um so always please for, you know for your sake and for our sake always feel like you can talk to people there is someone you can talk to please don't ever feel alone um 
I just wanted to say that. And I know uh, Moke talked about mental health a little bit, and uh, that, that kind of spoke to me um, because of, uh, you know, just some things that, just some people in my life that I know have, uh, have you know, gone through those struggles, and, and I've seen it firsthand, and I know uh, the rest of you guys have too. I'm, I know I'm getting real here for a second, but... Um, yeah, that's that's my recommendation of the week. You know, talk to people. Don't ever um, feel like you need to handle things alone. And uh, your mental health matters and uh, your life matters. Slide into our email at squadworldpod at gmail.com. That's right. We'll, yeah, we'll freaking <laughs> talk, talk to, to you. Yeah, come on. We talk love you. The guys out in France. Send us some recommendations. We love you. Yeah. yeah. Send us, send us some conspiracies, some recommendations that they can talk about. That's we'll right. talk about everything with you. Yeah. All right, nope. Well, to, to keep that same serious tone going, my recommendation goes out to all the gorillas in this world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from grizzly bears. Because <laughs> <laughs> your shit will get rocked. <laughs> oh, no. If there were grizzly bears on this planet all over, and they had the same freedoms as us, we'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. God. Oh, I love it. I love, I love it. it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to give my recommendation of the week is going to go out to watching the YouTube channel Manny Koshbin. That's M-A-N-N-Y-K-O-S-H-B-I-N. Uh, he started from literally nothing. He's an immigrant to the United States. Had, he had, like I think it was like $14 or something like that, and uh, worked his way up. To, now he's a net worth of $300 million. And he tells very return. blatantly all of his deals that he's done and how he does it and he teaches other people how to do it so and it's all free on youtube so beast yep it's a really good channel to go watch all right my recommendation of the week is the clothing brand chubbies (laughs) (laughs) sponsored i've been kind of addicted i wish we were sponsored by chubbies i've been kind of addicted to chubbies the past two weeks uh during chub fest it's been a big thing um they make great shorts they make great shirts i'm wearing them right now i'm wearing the schwart it's the sweat <laughs> short. Short. That's what it's called. That's awesome. I was going to say, uh, Chub Fest, that's what I have when Bat's giving us his blast in the gut. <laughs> yeah. That's his whole, whole room. That's his whole room when it's happening. But yeah, it, tell us about it, the short. It's a great, oh, it's awesome. I'm wearing it right now. It's it's free. Five and a, five and a half inches. They're free. That is, that is sexy. I'm that's a pure man right there. Take them off. That is glorious. Please look it up. Back home. Yeah, come on. That is Shorts. fantastic. Do they get shipped to France? I hope they do. I really got it. You know, and our listeners in France, we will petition them to ship to you guys because we love you all. <laughs> we'll we send got... them an email. Don't yeah, worry about we'll it. Strong word it. That's a great clue. <laughs> yeah. Well, on to bat. So I guess I got to tie it in with the uh, old silverback gorillas and the grizzly bears, but in a different way. So I picked up a, uh, a new video game recently. It's one that's actually really relaxing. It's called Planet Zoo. And so it's, it, it, think of the, the old tycoon games of old, but it focuses more on like the administrative side just as much as the animal care and conservation. And it's just as educational as it is like, you know, challenging you to think. What platform? Uh, PC. Ah, yeah. PC. It is a PC game. It was on sale, like 50% off at the summer sale. It was really good. Huh. Yeah. How much did you get it for? I got it for 30 No, I got it for 25, I think. There we go. Nice. I'm say the sorry. name. Say the name again. Planet Zoo. Okay. Planet Zoo. What is it? I'm sorry. I just, I, <laughs> I just imagined Bat was about to tell us that he found a open world gorilla game. We, <laughs> 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 I wish. Where you play as a gorilla and you <laughs> fight a grizzly. That's, that's an awesome <laughs> idea. 
Here we go. <laughs> I, really, I really thought Matt was about to tell us We got to make a game, Animal Ultimate Fighting Championship. That'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be awesome. I could make a horrible like, joke like right Deadly now. Sport, like, yeah, that was a good oh, joke. With animals. With animals. I'm about to quit the pod and do that. Yeah, that's yeah, serious. Like, let's pod. develop it. Hell. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this is our last episode ever, so... We're going to go make that game. <laughs> we're going to go make So, yeah. uh, well... I guess that's all we have for you this week. We appreciate you all listening. Some pod men. We love you. Check our Twitter, Instagram. The handles are at Squadwell Pod. You can find that across all platforms. And don't forget us. Don't forget to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. But only if you're giving us five stars. Only five, five stars. Star Anything else, don't bother. Don't Anything e- else, delete your account. Seriously. Remember, ten reviews. And Pete will do five shots of fire sauce. And if, that will twerk. Yeah, and that will twerk. <laughs> if yep. we can get Pete back here. <laughs> we will launch our YouTube channel if we once we have 100 reviews. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll and be we'll filming film our, our entire recording. In our Sounds good. In the full room. Let's do it. Yeah, in the full room. You don't want to see that. Anyways. You don't want to oh miss gosh. it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to miss it. All right, well, thank you all very much. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Adios.